Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome to the Anna Podcast, my friends. If you are joining for the first time, I hope you feel welcome and keep coming back. And for those of you who are familiar, I know you are going to absolutely love this episode. We are in the middle of our August series on amplifiers, and today's guest is not only very special to me, but she has a powerful message for everyone listening about the importance of amplifying our stories. I am elated to share with you Erin K. Casey, founder, chief instigator, author, book coach, ghostwriter, editor, and publishing coach. Erin helps experts, educators, ministry, and business leaders, life coaches, and speakers share their messages effectively and professionally. She has been dubbed the best read editor in education and called a Jedi master editor and fairy god editor by her clients. Leading a team of experienced writers, editors, copy editors, proofreaders, artists, and designers, Erin guides authors through the writing and publishing process to ensure that whether their books are indie published or traditionally published, they are beautifully written and designed. Her own writing has been featured in national newsstand magazines, including Success Magazine, Empowering Women, Live Happy, and Success from Home, among others. In addition to helping others tell their stories, Erin is the author of Get Personal, The Importance of Sharing Your Faith Story, and Zany Zia's Hats to wear adventure series for children. In this episode, we learn about Erin's experiences amplifying stories for a lifetime. She shares critical insights into what it takes to write, publish, and amplify books, and much more. Many people reach out to me asking about the process of writing a book, so I know there are several listeners who will benefit deeply from our conversation. Erin is such a down-to-earth, caring person, and I am honored to be connected to her and elated to be able to share with you Erin K. Casey's Amplifier Story. Welcome the Erin Casey to the In Awe podcast. I am so excited to finally share you with my listeners. And I say that because it feels like this has been like a year and a half in the works. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on. I'm excited to be here. Oh, good. I cannot wait for the listeners to get to know you. You've got such an awesome story and I can't wait to share how we're connected. But before we start that, you want to share a little bit about your current context with the listeners? I read your bio, but maybe they can get to know you just a little bit better from your own version here. Sure. So um, I would say first and foremost, at the moment, I'm a Gigi, which is a grandma. It's a gypsy grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she is new to me. She's 10 months old. And that has been the most fun thing ever. Probably it surprised me how much fun it's been to be a Gigi. So, and I couldn't be grandma cause that sounded old to me. So there we go. Um, I, aside from that, I'm a writer. Um, I love photography. I love travel and I've been working probably my whole life to figure out how to do those things as much and as well as possible. So that's, that's been my focus. Um, professionally, I'm a book coach and a publishing coach. So I help people write and publish books with excellence. That's really my focus. I want people to be able to share their, um, share their stories, share their messages in ways that help build their credibility, that help build their brand, um, and that help them help other people. So books that make a difference, messages that matter. That's what I'm really excited to help people share. So that's where, um, my work lies. I love it. So with the alliteration, the GG, the message matters, um, that's the English teacher geek in me. I couldn't help myself. There you go. 
Yeah. I love that we have you featured on the Amplifier series. I don't think there's a better one. This is perfect for you. And I want the listeners to hear. So you talk about, you know, your current context is supporting people share their messages. And I wanted friends and listeners to know that Erin is the, um, mastermind behind the publication of lead with faith. And I, if you wouldn't mind, I'd just really appreciate sharing that story quickly because my listeners are really cued in to lead with faith. And, um, I appreciate being able to kind of show how God works anytime I can. So, uh, when I had taken my launch and my lead leap of faith out of principalship, I had this, um, stirring in my heart that I knew I needed to do something with the time and the message that God had given me, even though I loved my principal job, I just knew that there was something, I just didn't know what it was supposed to be. And so I had, you know, crafted this proposal for a book, um, titled lead with faith and the publisher that I had originally pitched to said, no, but you might want to talk to Aaron. And so here we are. Um, the book's been out, what, since January of this year, so about six months. And if it weren't for you, Aaron, I don't know if if that message would have been out in the world. And I just want to thank you for that because your passion and your ability to support um, authors sharing their message and amplifying their voices, you know, it's mattered. I know that several people reached out to me after reading that book and their lives have been impacted. And so that's not even to say it's just a group effort. And I just want to thank you for doing that. And that's to me, that's the best feeling in the world when somebody comes back and says, this, this message impacted my life in some way. And that an amazing feeling to know that you're touching people with your words and your message. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Right. And so when you're trying to have a message that matters, I mean, that's, that's like the goal. Right. And so the fact that you've done that for so many, I mean, how many books have you kind of launched into this world? Do you have a tally at this point? It's more than 200. Um, but I don't, I have a, I have a kind of lost count. I have to go back every once in a while and keep and catch up and see where we are. But I was really proud to publish lead with faith. We did that under the courageous heart label, which our focus there at Courageous Heart is real faith plus real life. And I want books that are under that label to really, to do that, to share stories and to share messages that bring together faith and real life. Because I think sometimes we can get into books that there's so much churchy speak that we miss. How does this apply to my real life when we've got to blend the two or it's, or it doesn't matter if you've, you know, if faith and life are separate, it, I, to me, faith doesn't matter. I think they have to be blended for faith to matter. So, um, I was proud to publish lead with faith. I think it's a perfect fit for courageous heart. So I'm thrilled for that. Well, I do too. So thank you for that. And thank you for helping me, um, you know, amplify that real faith, real life, which when I look back on it, it's kind of funny now, because like you said, they should be aligned and they shouldn't be separate. And I think it took me, um, I don't know why there was such a, I do know why there was such a barrier there for me, because in the public education world, we don't really want to talk about faith. And I share that, I think, in the intro about the fact that I, and I think more than ever, um, we don't need to impose our faith on others, but we need to live that way and we need to live authentically. And I can't imagine living any other way. And it was kind of like that labor of love of writing that book and then going through the process of editing it and having the faith um, that you poured into me to get that out there into the world has just like shifted the way I can live aligned as well. So it's more than just writing a book and putting it out there. It's like transforming yourself with that ability to share. So thank you for that mission that you're on. 
Sure, sure. It changes you. It changes you. I mean, it's the same thing for educators or teachers or, I mean, when you teach a class at church, whatever, whether you're teaching, you know, students in a classroom or anywhere, you learn as you go. You learn as you, as you prepare the material, you learn as you write and it changes or hopefully should change how you think or affirm how you think, Mm -hmm. um, helps you clarify your, your beliefs. So, yeah, I think we, we tend to just in our, in our daily lives, we tend to compartmentalize things, um, just as a way to get along. (laughs) And particularly when you're working in public spaces, public sector spaces, you're right. You can't impose beliefs or faith on other people, but it should we should be able to live in alignment um, with our beliefs. And and you'll have people notice that whether you ever speak the name of Jesus or say anything about God, you'll have people notice your peace, notice your joy, notice your gratitude, notice your calmness and want to know what's different. Want to know how in the midst of all the craziness that's always going on, whether we're in a season of COVID or everyday normal quote unquote, normal life, there's always craziness going on. And if we can bring our faith into that crazy life, we can have, I think, a, a better, more peaceful life. Well, I, I agree with you. And I love the way you frame that so beautifully. And so I don't want to take this entire interview to talk about that, um, me, all this, but I just wanted listeners to hear how we are connected. And, and it's such a beautiful legacy that you leave with those you know, 200 plus books with the people that you're coaching to get their messages out there, whatever it is, it seems like you touch is magic, Erin, because you are naturally an amplifier and an encourager. Well, I do. I love to hear people. I love to hear people's stories and I love to hear people share their stories. But, um, one of the things, so I, uh, my book, I wrote a number of years back. It's called Get Personal, and it's about sharing your faith story and being authentic, living authentically. And out of that, it's one of those things that, you know, developed over time is being able to help people discover and then share their stories. And sometimes I think we have to step back and just pay attention to what's going on in our life and what is our story um, before you can before you can share it. So being able to reflect is a huge part of it, but that's been so much fun for me just to hear the stories through the years, because before I was writing books and editing books, I was working in magazines and interviewing people, um, on a regular basis, writing, I mean, literally hundreds of articles and, um, everybody that I interviewed, almost everybody, not that like the A-list celebrities, they knew they had a story because I mean, they, you don't get their, without, without knowing your story, but the, the everyday quote unquote, everyday people that I interviewed, they very often started by saying, Oh, I don't really have much to say. I don't have much of a story. And then we get to talking. I'm like, Oh my goodness, you have so much to share. You just have to pause and take a look at where you are, where you've come, where you've been, you know, what, what you're able to share with the world, that's your story. And seeing that and being able to help people identify and then share their stories is really exciting for me. When it's a gift that you have, and I think it's beautiful too, because I can affirm what you said about people, you know, in this podcast, my mission is to help messages land where they're needed. And I would say the vast majority of individuals that I 
approach to be on the podcast will say exactly what you said, that I don't have anything to share. Uh, but we do. We have, there's a mission in our messages, our life stories. And I just think that's really cool um, that you've had like this lifetime of amplifying them in so many different ways. Uh, I didn't prepare you that I was going to ask you this, but any A-list celebrity that you want to name drop that you interviewed before? <laughs> Oh, wait, well, it's been a number of years, but um, my primary favorite was Zig Ziglar. I, would, I don't know if he calls an A-list celebrity, but he was my favorite person. to. He was the only person I ever got like awestruck or tongue-tied because he made such an impact on my life. Um, but Susie Orman, Maria Shriver, Dr. Oz, um, I've forgotten some of them. <laughs> I'd have to go back and look at the magazines to see. So that's been, I mean... Um, it was a lot of fun. And it, like I said, the only person that I ever got tongue tied was somebody that I really felt had impacted my life. The rest of them, I, before that, before I got into publishing, I worked at a church office and it was the minister's secretary. And it was at that point I learned that even the people that are like preaching from the pulpit are just regular everyday people with regular everyday flaws. And then that just applied to everybody else from that time forward. <laughs> And I was like, we're all just normal people. And we all just have the same, you know, the same hang up, the same, the same flaws. When I, when I interviewed Maria Shriver, that was one of the things she said to me. Um, she was the first lady of California at the time. She says, everybody looks at everybody else and thinks nobody has any problems. And that's never the case. And it's so true. For sure. I love how you mic dropped with Zig Ziglar. In fact, I have his quote in my book about fear having two meanings. <laughs> so I didn't even know that you had that connection, but that's really cool. Uh, yes. I got to, I, so I, I interviewed him and his, his daughter was on the phone. Um, and then a, a year or two later, I, I met him like at an event and we just happened to meet, you know, a guy had stepped out to go get a drink of water and he was out in the lobby area. I could really not speak. I just shook his hand and wow. started to cry. It's funny how different people impact your life. That was the only time I ever met him like in person. It's, it's just funny how people you don't even technically know can have such an impact on your life. The power of books, the power of important messages, right? Right. I was going to say, isn't that perfect that because now you're just showing on the other side of things, how when a person's message is amplified, the impact that they can have. And it's just such a beautiful cycle that your life is just kind of showing in this message. So I'm curious, what do you think it is that got you into, I know you have a passion for writing, like that's your first love, correct? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, what do you think got you into that? What's behind that? You know, I mean, it's been since childhood. We would, I, I have found recently um, books at my parents' house. I think it was like their little pigs and we, it was a not a golden book, but one of those like Dr. Seuss, you know, they sent, they sent the book packages to the house and you three <laughs> books at a time. You had a little plastic bookshelf frame. Um, it was one of those. I think it was the three little pigs and we'd written out a play to go along with it. Like Amy comes in here, Andy does this, Aaron does this. I mean, <laughs> with my siblings and I, so, you know, from that time on, just writing stories was just something that I enjoyed doing. There was a time where I was just kind of drifting along in life, not figuring it, not knowing what exactly I wanted to do. And things got a little bit crazy. But when I went back to school, it was with a focus on journalism and um, it was journalism focus at, at photography and advertising um, because I wanted to have a visual element as well as the, the writing. So that's why all three of those combined there. And when I 
finally got into a job. I, I got into an advertising job. Didn't love it. It was okay. Paid the bills. It was fine. Um, but when we moved to the Dallas area, um, my husband went in to talk to somebody about a job and he says, I don't know if they're going to be a job for me, but they have all these posters hanging up on the wall, things that you might, you know, you might like this company. So I went in and had an interview and it was again about advertising and I wasn't psyched at all about the job with advertising, but I came home and I told Brian, I said, you know, if I can get in there and show them that I can write, I can do what I really want to do. And, um, that was it. They were coming up with a magazine, um, called empowering women and, it hadn't launched yet. It was, it would, they were focusing on direct selling companies, but how different people could, could use these, um, companies to change their lives. And so many people did. And I thought if I can get in there, I can be the editor of that magazine. And lo and behold, that's what happened. So, (laughs) but that was my, that was my real launching point into, um, the publishing and writing on a regular basis, but the publishing industry in general, I mean, from there, that's when it moved into after a number of years with them, I did books and then moved into having my own business. So, um, yeah, I don't know where it started except for just an innate. I love to love to write. It's always been something I've enjoyed. It's so cool to hear that and how like that can manifest in so many different ways because, um, you know, like for me, I loved writing. I became a teacher of writing and only recently did I get to, you know, explore those dreams of doing my own work. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I just think that's really special, that story. And now, you know, you've published books, you have edited, you have a a successful business, um, my writer's connection that allows for people to work alongside you. Really? Do you want to talk a little bit about this new chapter that you're newish chapter, the refined chapter, maybe more focused one (laughs) that you're in? So for a number of years, we did a lot of publishing, um, for small publishers and recently have shifted into really focusing on um, the coaching aspect. So new authors, I work a lot and I enjoy working with new authors, people who um, a lot of times they're coaches or they're speakers, content experts, ministry leaders who they have a message, but they're not writers first. Um, They know they want some, they want to share something. Maybe they want to launch a, a coaching program and they want a tool to go along with it or, um, whatever it is, they want to build their brand or they want, they have a specific message that they feel really needs to get out there. Um, so I like working with people who, who know they have the message, but they aren't sure how to get it out there because I want to help give them the confidence, um, to get that message out there and the tools to be able to do it. So I've worked, um, this past well, spring, summer, um, our focus really has shifted into coaching um, specifically on how to prepare yourself to write your book. So getting everything lined up as far as the content, the message, the audience, the flow, so that when you come to write, you can write smoothly and quickly um, and get that message out into the world. So that's where the focus has really shifted over the past six months or so. And I am so enjoying it. Like I love talking to people. I have, we set up, um, some people want weekly calls because they want that accountability. Some people want to skip it like one every other week. Um, so they have a bit more time to work on things because, you know, people get busy. But one of my favorite things is to hop in on the phone or a Zoom call with someone and 
hearing the progress that they've made, hearing them say, I've never gotten this far before. I've been trying to write my book for 10 years and I've never gotten this far before. That's so much fun. So yeah, that's been the focus for the last uh, six months is really shifting into to coaching and then publishing consulting. So once you have your book available or your manuscript done, how do you move from a rough manuscript to the final files to go to the printer? And then how do you what do you do after that? How do you market it? How do you get it out into the world? So the engagement with people has been the most fun. Well, and it sounds like a perfect opportunity to take all of this life experience that you have and the successes that you have had, um, you know, working with the small publishing companies, having your own, and then now just being able to at a really close and finite level, help people through that process. Um, I can imagine how rewarding it would be to be coached in that process, you know, um, because even, you know, for my example, for listeners that might be interested in this, you know, I'm an educator. Um, Aaron actually helped with Balance Like a Pirate. <laughs> so it's fine. As you were my editor. You are our editor for that one. But nobody was coaching us in regard to how to write, first of all, a book with three of us. Um, and then my my last one by myself it, it does take a huge level of grit and perseverance and you fight this imposter that just wants to get you to focus on every other thing that you have in your life, like, you know, organizing the cupboards or whatever, <laughs> instead of writing that actual book. Um, so I think that the service that you're giving right now has, it's like, it's different, but it's so needed for people. Well, you get, you do, you get stuck and you get that I have decided that imposter syndrome, truly, there is no age limit. There is no success limit. It is there no matter what all the time. And you have to fight it every day. I mean, you just do. Pressfield, Presserfield with the war of the war of art. Now, if you've read that book or I've listened to it on the audio, but um, he talks about that, that the war of art is, is that voice that's trying to stop you from from moving forward with whatever your art is, um, whether it's words or, you know, painting or whatever it is, it's that, oh, it's not good enough. Oh, you don't have anything new to say. Oh, you know, all the, all the things that we hear, everybody's already said that before. What, who am I, who am I to say this or to teach this or to share these stories? You're you, you have your whole life experience to share. You have, you know, things that you've learned along the way, things that can help other people. So you, but, but we do, we have to fight it every day. Yeah. So, okay. So we didn't really talk about that, but what do you think um, are some of the other challenges that either you have faced or, you know, writing yourself, amplifying your own voice, or now that you're working one-on-one with people or through the process of publishing all these years, what do you think um, are other barriers that people have to overcome for amplification? So one, recognizing that you have a story, two, fighting that imposter syndrome, Um, three, making time because people will say, oh, I, I can't, I don't find time to write or that I don't have any time to write. You have to make the time. And I'm fighting that right now, even for myself, my schedule has changed recently and I'm um, taking care of my granddaughter during the day. And it was one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to actually do it. And how does my, how do I find the time for my writing, my creative writing brain to work? Where's that time? And I'm, it's going to have to be early in the morning. And Sarah, I am not an early morning person. I'm going to have to go to bed later. <laughs> I mean, earlier so that I can get up earlier. <laughs> I mean, I know that those hours are there. <laughs> I mean, like in my head, I know that those hours are there, but in my sleep, sleepy filled eyes, <laughs> I want to just, I just want to stay in bed. 
So, um, so yeah, a friend and I have just been talking about, we need to, we need to start writing. Let's get up six o'clock in the morning. We'll meet me for six, six to seven 30 and just write just to have that accountability. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe so. We'll see how that goes. So <laughs> I told her I'll, I'll, I'll work on talking myself into it, but making the time to write because you're not going to find time. There's not going to be time just, you know, oh, I don't have anything to do right now. I think I should write. That's never, <laughs> ever going to happen. You have to make the time for it. Um, and then another piece that most people don't like to talk about is the marketing side of things. So once you've put your book out into the world or your message out into the world or your blog or whatever your art is. But, um, once you've created it, you have to tell people about it. And, and a lot of times people don't want to do that. And there are a lot of pieces to it. And there are a lot of opportunities now that weren't there before that make it so easy to do simple things like getting a weekly newsletter out or a monthly newsletter out by email is huge when it comes to building relationships with people. And it's, to me, it can be really hard to do to be that consistent, but that consistency is important. So, I mean, that's one simple thing that can be really helpful, but we have to make ourselves do it. Um, yeah. So the marketing is, is the other side of it is, is to really understand how do you, how are you going to get your message out there in than being consistent with doing it and not quitting. I had a, I had an author that I actually ghost wrote the book for. And as soon as the book was done, it was published with a traditional publisher. As soon as the book was out and into the world, he totally changed his branding because to him, he had been doing this message for the past year or two. And then the book was out and he was bored. And so let's move on to the next thing. I mean, that's a typical entrepreneurial type thing to do, but that was a shame for his publisher because he was like, uh, we just invested in you and now you're not even promoting that brand. You're off to your next thing. (laughs) So, um, you have to say it until you're sick of saying it and you have to keep on saying it. And we, a lot of times we don't want to do that. So it's nuts to me that you just said that you ghost wrote a book. Like I know that exists. I know it happens, but I can. Oh yeah. And several. I imagine the amount of stamina that that would take to do that because now, I mean, what's your mom's quote? (laughs) Oh yeah. I told, I told Sarah earlier that my mom was telling somebody how, you know, they asked what I do for a living and she said, she makes other people famous. That's an amplifier for sure, but it, it's it's kind of crazy in a sense, but it's I will all admit it's always been a little bit of a dream for me not to ghostwrite for somebody else, but to write under a pseudonym. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> that freedom that comes with yeah, it. Yeah, there is a freedom that might come with it, and maybe it removes all of that icky imposter syndrome because you're like, nobody's tying my name to this. So it can either, you know, they can hate it, love it, you know, just don't have that icky feeling of publicity where, where you know, you're able to do that. Is that true? I mean, did you experience that? Um, it, yeah, I didn't worry about the imposter syndrome at all, writing for other people. Um, and I, one of the skills that I have developed as a, as a writer, cause I've ghostwritten a number of different things, several books, and then a number of different articles for people, um, for magazines, which I, a lot of people don't know that happens that the quote, the author, um, approves everything. So it is their message and it is their, their content, but we write it based on, you know, sometimes we write it based on what their, their message is, if that makes sense. And the same thing with books, like when I'm working with a coach and we're, we're writing a book together, um, there are interviews and it's their message. It's just me putting the paper, 
the words on the paper and organizing everything. So it's still somebody else's message. And yeah, there's not, you don't feel that risk of I'm putting myself out there because you're helping somebody else put their themselves out there. And it's, um, no, it, it is, it's just different. It's a little bit easier. Um, I always find it to be faster as long as I can pin the person down to, you know, for the interviews. Um, it, because hmm. there's not that self-doubt. Yeah. There's not the self-doubt. And when you're ghostwriting, you get paid for it. So you, to me, and that's another, that's another thing. If you're talking about things that you have to fight, it's always easier to do work that you're getting paid for upfront versus building an asset, even though the asset can pay you more on the end, on the backside, mm-hmm. um, on the front side, it's easier to do the stuff that pays the bills because that's, you know, that instant gratification. You have given us so much to think about. I wonder, I'm just kind of picturing my listeners with their minds blown <laughs> a little bit and Listeners, I hope it serves you. If you have this desire in your heart, if you've ever thought, you know, I want to write a book someday or whatever, I hope just this really authentic conversation has served you to know that uh, a woman who can launch 200 books and ghostwrite and do all these things can also struggle with the same things that every author struggles with inevitably. Um, I think that accountability piece, just what you shared about you and your friend getting up and saying, we're going to write from six to seven 30, because it takes a massive amount of perseverance to make the space to write. It really does. And because you're clearing not just calendar space, but mental space so that you can really focus. Yeah. I have three books in me that in in fifth this morning, I was just thinking about it. I have a, a fiction book that I've been working on 20 pages in. And this morning I was like, you know, I'm going to scrap the whole thing. I need to start over. And when am I going to do this? And it's just this constant, um, battle between, like you said, what is important now versus what you want to be able to get out in the future. And um, you've just given us so much to think about in regard to what it takes to amplify a story. The marketing piece is really tricky, isn't it? It is. And it, and it's something that doesn't stop. Um, I have a book and it's like a thousand and one ways to market your book. And I don't really recommend that people go out and buy it. It's an older book. Um, it is full of great information, but it's a bit daunting to think of a thousand and one things to do. So yeah. like pick one idea and do it consistently and see how that works for you. But one of the things that the author said is that if you're going to go to the work of publishing a book or to, of writing a book and publishing it, um, be willing to devote three years to marketing it mm. and most authors I know do not do that. The ones who are very successful are the ones that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be, you know, it, you, you use a variety of tools, social media, the online, you know, like the newsletters, speaking engagements when there was such a thing. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, you just spoke in the past tense of something that I missed, but you're right. I, I um, know. Well, I know I was, I was so excited. I was all geared up to do one of my first like speaking engagements for get personal. And then um, they're like, yeah, we have to cancel this event. I'm like, oh man, I was so excited. So, and I know, I mean, I, we, yeah, it's a sad thing. It'll come back somehow or another things will, will resurface. They may resurface in different ways and in different, they may look different, but we can't say isolated forever. I don't think so. <laughs> No, you know, and, and we're hopeful then that, you know, in regard to this amplification, as you know, and I know you've pivoted now in this time, whether that was because of that or, or other reasons that, um, there's always a way to amplify and there's, and, you know, I think a huge part that we haven't really talked about is just getting above the noise of 
social media and the internet. And, you know, I can speak from this experience because you amplified me and thank you for doing that. But it is hard to always talk about lead with faith. And yet I know deep in my heart that it matters, that the message matters. And so, you know, just kind of persevering and now shifting, you know, if I can't go speak with, for example, my balance message where I was able to impact thousands of people in the last two years. Mm -hmm. Now I got to figure out a new way to do that because that is a purpose. You know, it's not something Mm -hmm. that you just (laughs) do and then put on a shelf and and walk away. Amplification has so much more to do than just, you know, the writing process that, and I'm so glad that you covered that today. Well, and when, when the message does matter, when it is impacting lives, helping people, um, like in your case with, with balance, helping people really find that balance and create that balance in their life and and understand what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, and experiencing then better relationships, more satisfaction in their work, better health because of what you're helping them do that matters. That that's, that's something that matters. And you're right. You can't just put that on the shelf and say, Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Well, just because times have changed or situations have changed, it still matters. Maybe it matters in a, in a new and different way, but it still matters. So how how we're get, how are we going to continue to help people? And I think that that's if you, when you have a book like that, if you can look at, it's not marketing, it's not selling, it's not being sleazy or slimy. It's how can I help people? How can I help people with this message? How could this message help? people improve their lives. And if you look at it that way, I have something to share that's really going to help you, but I'm too embarrassed to talk about it. Well, that's selfish. <laughs> so get over yourself. So yeah, that's it. I mean, get out there and help and help people look at it that way if it makes it easier to to share the message. So and I I say that knowing that you're very good at being consistent. So I know that you <laughs> I'm not fussing at you. Don't take it as that. You keep fussing at me. I need to be fussed at. I'll tell you. But I think that that message and that power was more for the listeners because I feel like there's uh, there at least has to be a few people that are hearing this that know they have a message inside of them. My goodness, maybe maybe the listeners have already written it. I have wonderful people in the Learning Network that listen to this podcast regularly that have incredible messages, and maybe they just needed to hear you to give that reminder of amplification again that matters. You know, it's good work. It's gritty work, but it's good work. It is. And I like that you said that it takes perseverance and it takes grit because, you know, you can all the time think I need to quit or I've got dishes to wash or whatever. I need to go walk the dog, all the different things that can pull you away from the work that matters, but it does. And you just got to push through and say, nope, today I'm going to write. And I'm saying that as much to myself as I am to everybody else. We just have to, you have to have that perseverance and that grit because the world needs your message. And that's what we keep hearing from you, Erin. I am so glad that you joined me on this podcast. I'm looking at the time and thinking, oh my goodness, we are, we could talk forever. And so I'm fortunate enough that I will be picking your brain again in the future. But for this episode, it's time to probably um, shift gears to those two standard questions that I always ask. And I think we've covered some of this, but um, would you indulge me those two questions? Sure. Let's go for it. Okay. So the first one is, if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? Okay. So um, at first glance, it doesn't sound like it has anything to do with what we've talked about, but I look at myself in old pictures from when I was in my twenties and even as a teen. And I think I remember that picture, that moment and feeling so not good enough, feeling, um, feeling fat, feeling like I didn't 
look good that I just, whatever. And now I look back and think, wow, you looked so good. Why didn't you appreciate your body at that time? And that has been something that's been consistent for me throughout my life. And I wasn't heavy then, but I thought of myself as heavy. And it's really based on comparison. I was comparing myself to unrealistic expectations based on things that I saw in magazines as a teenager, things that I saw on TV and how I should look or not look. And the same thing I think applies to every aspect of life. When we talk about the imposter syndrome, really what that is, is comparison. We're comparing ourselves to what we think we should be. We're comparing ourselves to, you know, the Kodak moments on social media. We're comparing ourselves to, you know, expectations that other people have set for us that maybe we don't even care about, but we feel like we should be there. And so my, my letter would be appreciate where you are, appreciate how far you've come, um, and appreciate that you are good and worthy just as you are. That doesn't mean we don't have room to grow, but you're good and worthy just as you are. I think that the message you just shared has such an important and universal quality to it that was deeply personal to you. Um, you know, I just had a conversation was it yesterday with my 11 year old and she said, you know, same that body image thing. I've tried so hard as a mother to not impose that on her, but I know that she gets messages like the world gives us these messages through media and all of these other things um, that creates that comparison. It's just nuts to me. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I think that that not only ties to what we were talking about with amplification, but just is so universal to all of us, whether it be how our body looks, how any part of us <laughs> or our work, your, your body, your business, your work, right. And, and yeah, so that's, I wish I had had more grace for myself as a, as a younger person, more grace as a parent, more grace in my career. I just, I wish. <laughs> so it has to change where we're going forward. Right. That's right. Stepping in, the, in that direction. I love it. Okay. How about this one? If we have a listener who finds themselves in a pit of fear or doubt and they need to hear your words to help them rise up out of it, what could you say? So um, I said earlier that imposter syndrome doesn't have an age limit and it doesn't have a success limit. You can, um, a business coach of mine who I see is extremely successful told me not too long ago, Hey, you never get over it. You always feel like you're you need to be something else or do something better or whatever. You never get all the way over it. And I think it goes back to comparison. A lot of times the fear that we feel comes from the comparison of what we think we should do or who we should be. So while I think, yes, be open to qualified guidance, to, to coaching from people, also respect who you are and understand that you have a story to share a message that can help people. Um, you've gained wisdom through your experiences and that those experiences, um, can help others overcome the hurdles that you've already overcome. So, um, there's a, there's a verse, and I can't tell you what I call the address. I can't tell you the book and chapter and all the, the verse, but it, it says you, you've been comforted in a way so that you can comfort others. You've been comforted by God so that you can comfort others. And I think that's the same thing with our messages. We've gone through things so that we can help others. And um, that's important that we do so. And then the other thing is to celebrate your wins. Because I think we move on so quickly to the things, the next to do item on the list. And 
we need to stop. And I'm speaking to myself as much as, as anybody else, but we need to stop and acknowledge and be grateful for the things that we've accomplished. I think that that helps us, um, grow stronger. It helps us to create even new and better things when we stop and we really celebrate where, where we are, what we've accomplished and what we've done. So celebrate your wins. Yeah, it's so good. And I can tell that that message also is landing for a listener to hear. Of course, you said you're speaking to yourself and and I'm hearing those words of wisdom here. So thank you for that. Uh, So much good there. So Erin, I'm going to link um, how to get a hold of you. I know you've got a link that would benefit our listeners if they're interested in working alongside you, if they have a book idea that they want to be coached on. But what do you, what would you recommend aside from that would be a good way to interact with you after this podcast episode? Most places you can find me at Aaron K Casey, E-R-I-N, the letter K and then C-A-S-E-Y. So that's Twitter, Instagram, um, my website. That's probably the easiest way to, to find me. Um, and then my writer's connection, um, on Facebook is probably another great way. If you're, if you're interested in writing, that's a handy way. So but like you said, that, that link that you're going to put in there for people who are interested in um, just learning how do you write a book? <laughs> you know, you, I have an idea for a book. What do I do with it? That's a good place to go. Um, that link that you'll that you'll share. That's awesome. So I will be sure to link your um, social media handles for Aaron Casey, as well as my writer's connection links. So listeners, you want to get in touch with Aaron. She is amazing. You have just been such a gift in my life. I'm so grateful. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your amplifier story. Thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate it. It's been super fun to talk to you too. Uh, Likewise. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.